Well, as I always say, we want you to be walking in sunshine. Uh, inside, we bring sunshine into your life. But, Mr. Slider, I don't believe we're seeing much sunshine outside. Oh, we're not. It's raining pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't call it pouring down rain, but it's a nice uh, it's a nice rain, Howard. So if you're out there, if you're getting ready to go out there, make sure you have an umbrella. You're going to need it. Nice, steady. Yes, you're going to be somewhere, wet. Somewhere between a drizzle and a shower, maybe, I'm guessing. Yeah, so. and it's cold. You just don't want that on you. Temperature has dropped. When I left the house this morning, uh, it was 50 degrees, and the forecast was for a high of 50. So I thought, okay, that's where it's going to stay today. But we've been steadily dropping all morning long since we got here. I'm down to 43 now, and I'm not talking inside the studio, even <laughs> though I think it's pretty close. But, yeah, it's, it's for, at 43 outside, Howard. We have 42 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 42 degrees at the Highlands. Quick check in Elm Grove here, see if I can get it up fast. 40 degrees in Elm Grove and 43 degrees here. Outside the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Iowa Valley. And I'm thinking on December 1st, again, I mean, I know, man, just a little bit different temperature, Howard. We'd had a pretty good snow out there. Um, and we are looking for snow, what, uh, beginning of next week is what uh, Adam is saying. Scattered showers today, I guess I'll give you the forecast. Scattered showers today, highs in the upper 40s. I think we've passed that. We're, unless we're going to bounce back up again. And maybe we will. And he know. says we will. He says uh, sometime. I'm waiting, but uh, it's still only uh, 11 after 9. But, yeah, it's going to shoot back up a little bit. And we've dropped uh, 7 degrees um, from top to bottom in the last few hours. And we're thinking, you know, gee whiz, this what a horrible week. You don't want that on football night. I mean, it, real, real cold. You know, you can bundle up and, and, and get your boots. But when it's steady rain, well, yeah, you, you I, just don't want that. You know, a cold football night can be fun. Kind of, yeah, okay. But not, not a rainy cold. No, no fun yeah. about that. So hopefully, the, uh, the and it's going to be on and off rain throughout the day, as I understand it. So hopefully, the uh, rain will uh, hold off for the folks who are at the Super Who's playing tonight, Bob? And I should know that, and you told us that in, in Slider on Sports. Who's, that is the double A. Let me get my – that would be the Battle of, uh, of Fairmont, I believe. I think you have North Marion, and I want to get this right. Uh, Fairmont Senior, does that sound right? Does that sound right, Howard? I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't have it in front of me, but yes. Okay, didn't mean to throw a curve at you. But um, anyway, so the folks who are coming into town for Super 6, Bob and I at least personally want to welcome you into town. We want to apologize for the confusion of our streets and the mess in which you are finding yourself if you're driving around. But um, what did Haley Bunn say? It's growing pains. I like that phrase. She said it's growing pains. You know, it's a, the reality is we're going to have a – I want everybody who is not from the upper Ohio Valley who might be listening to understand – it's not because we just don't give a crap about our roads. It's actually because we give a real big crap about our roads, and we are doing a $40 million all-downtown renovation work. The problem with that is it's making a mess of things as we get ready for uh, the, the, the project to be completed. So that's just you know something to – if you're from out of town, be aware – this is all because things are going to get better. But it's uh, we are not dumb. Well, maybe we are, but at any rate, not in terms of this. We understand that it's it's hard to navigate around the downtown wheeling in particular. And particularly depending on where you're coming from, Bob, it might be hard to get into uh, 
to, to know how to get to Wheeling Island if you're coming from the uh, if you come from the east, getting to the, the island could be a little difficult. So just ask somebody or follow the best directions you can. But again, basically, I just want to say welcome in to everybody who is here uh, from the Super Six. We're happy that you're here. We enjoy your company, and um, we will next year when you come. You know, when they say next year in Jerusalem, next year uh, when you come, it should be a much better road situation well we're, we're hoping howard and we do have mr mckay before we go there now last year uh what's the i didn't want to say goodbye because i didn't know exactly how to refer to her. i don't want to act like haley's my friend but madam justice is that is that the, the right. right yeah i told you Your Honor, i justice. told you last year keep an eye on her because i don't know what it is but she just has it you know she has so much energy she's a west virginia gal it just uh man I told you, didn't I? You did. You did say that. Uh, I. I. She's. The, I hate interviewing judicial candidates because you can't ask them much of anything. So the best you can do is get a feel for what they're like as people. And Haley Bunn seems like a really, really nice person. And I think I even. I, I think if, if she decided to to do that for a while and then maybe run for governor, Howard. So uh, whoa. Yes, I can whoa. see big things Holy for her. Mackerel, big things. Bob, you're you're jumping. You're, you're jumping way ahead there. I don't know. John McCabe, newspaper editor extraordinaire, is with us for a brief while. I think he's traveling around doing some other work as well. But glad you could spend a minute or two with us. I thought maybe the weather kept you away, John. I say it is raining, Howard. I don't know how my car is staying on the road uh, in this rain. It is unbelievable that how, how tough this driving is. Yeah, and I know you don't check, you don't check the weather forecast, so uh, you know you just it probably just came out of nowhere. You were stu- you were stunned, you were shocked that it was rain out there. I mean, right? I'm in flip flops, shorts, and a t-shirt for work today, and it's 42 degrees in my truck. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Mr. McCabe was one of the ones I called the weather snobs earlier this week. <laughs> oh, I don't need to worry about the weather forecast. You know, I say I don't just look out the window and see what it's doing. So. All you got to do, bud. It's real simple. You know, uh, the, people figured it out for many years prior to uh, to a guy reading the, the AccuWeather forecast on, uh, on on TV. So. Well, for, for, first of all, first of all, just for accuracy, uh, let me be clear because Adam Fike yelled at us for this. Uh, WTRF TV is not AccuWeather. And Adam, oh, did they do the Weather Channel then? Ad, uh, Adam calls it inaccu weather. When you so I just <laughs> so, we've had that conversation with Adam, so I just want you to be aware of that. But let's go to know National Weather Service reports. I mean, you know, I mean, they, they have a job to do. They are personalities, you know. Um, but you know, I think my biggest, and it's not a it's a personal gripe. I know weather's important to people, but I just hate you know. Thousand people die in a, you know, two hundred car pile up. But first, let's go to the weather. Yeah. Well, that's you know, it's like come on. I mean, and I know that's what their marketing tells them they have to do because that's what people want to hear. But I just don't necessarily, you know, believe that. I mean, I think that that's you know, there's a time when the weather should lead. You know, if we're going to get, you know, uh, first snowfall of the season, you know, freezing rain, black ice, you know, hail, tornadoes, flood, you know, big flood, yeah. News events. Yeah. Well, let me me say this in all kind of being serious about it, though. You and I are news people. Yes. And so to us, 
you know, news is the news, and, and we, people need to know the news and should want to know the news, and we want to report the news, and we want to get to the top story. I will tell you on this show, for example, <coughs> every morning, not everyone, many mornings, I wrestle with what do I do when we open the show up. The traditional game plan when we open our show up, Bob and I at 710, is a little bit of, uh, you know, tap dancing, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, the weather, how was your night, there's some, maybe some silly stuff. Uh, and there's, there's many a day, though, when I'm sitting here going, but there's a big story. We ought to be doing this big story up front. It's because I'm a news guy. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes people want, I hate to say this, I mean, they want the news, but they also want, you know, that other stuff with it as well. And I think, I, 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 I think that people want to know the weather. Knowing the weather, especially right up front, is kind of a comfort thing. It's like, hey, the world is... The weather, if the weather is not a terrible or disastrous, so therefore it's not actually the real news story, it's like, it's a comfort thing. Okay, it's a nice day outside, everything's good. Oh, okay, everything's good. Now tell me the bad news. Hmm, well, so then, so then you're saying that, like, Adam Fike is delivering chicken soup to the Ohio Valley every day when he gives the weather. In a way, in a, listen, without, without, <laughs> without meaning that pejoratively, I think, I think that is true. Listen, I, w- I have often said on, for us well, in our private discussions and so on, we run news at the top and the bottom of every hour. Most radio sure, stations sure. do. Okay? The reality is it is there 80% of the time so people know the world is going on as usual. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. Nothing. There has been no bomb drop. There has been no... You know, mass. Now, if there's a mass shooting or something, then you go, oh, that's that's a big deal. Most of the time, those newscasts are on to make people. This is my philosophy, to make people feel like, okay, it, I mean, it's news. Don't get me wrong, but nothing terrible is happening. That's that's what it's there for. It's a comfort thing, just to have, make sure you check the news and make sure nothing terrible is happening. Well, you know, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, you know, and, and the weather is just one of those things that for years I've had personal issues with because we people fixate on it but it's uh you know it's hard sometimes when especially when news is your business to realize that you know the, probably the the majority of people in any community don't pay much attention to what's happening in their community on Correct. a on a daily basis i mean they do when big things are going on but they're not you know that, that they've got other things in their life uh you know so getting them to stop and pay attention to what is happening locally is challenging and that's one of the challenges that you know all of us have because we understand the importance of you know how tax dollars are being spent and what policies mean and road closures and everything else you know i mean there's nothing that you know, it's just aggravating uh, and i'm sure you it's the same for you when you know something happens and people are like well why didn't anyone know about this well you know it's been on tv the radio in the newspaper for six weeks we've been telling you this is going to happen right you right. know it's not our fault that you chose not to, to engage in your local community yeah. so neither here nor there but you know that uh you know we'll see you know and i think you talked earlier about your conversation yesterday with with uh, mr magruder you know i think that's going to be a race that's going to be interesting to see how active people get in that race for wheeling's mayor that's about as you know that's as local as you can get with politics you know jim justice and alex mooney you know really don't have much impact on your life uh you know the the governor's race not that much impact the mayor of wheeling if you live in wheeling that's you know in wheeling council those are big important races 
than the ones people really should be engaging with at, at the at the personal level. So that's going to be interesting. We have three interesting candidates, and uh, I think it makes for quite a compelling race. It is uh, the first item I had on our list for you and I to talk about here on our Friday roundtable is this this mayor's race, Denny Magruder. Yeah. He, he unofficially announced about six months ago, but now he officially got into the race this week. You've got Rosemary Ketchum, who was officially in the race, and you have Chad Thalman all officially in the race. I still, my gut tells me there are others out there, although no, I've heard nothing about anybody else out there. I just feel like we may get one or two more candidates in the race, but I, I, but I don't know. But as I was saying earlier, John, and I think you would agree with me, the interesting thing is going to be to figure out what constituencies are going to go where with these candidates? You know, who 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 is Denny Magruder's constituency? Who is Rosemary Ketchum's constituency? Yeah. Who is Chad Thalman's constituency? Their 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 base constituency, at least. That that to me is the interesting thing. Yeah, and you know, and I think it's pretty easy to surmise that you know, uh, uh, you know, just with a passing glance, you know, Denny's going to have, you know, anyone here ever gave free tickets to a show at West Banco Arena? <laughs> you can count on that. Um, you know, uh, again, the, the, I'm gonna, I don't want to say the, the older demographic, but you know, the, you know, the, the, the boomer generation graph, uh, demographic is, is definitely, you know, I'm not going to say fully in his corner, but he, he should have the majority support there. Um, you know, Chad Thalman, uh, it's going to be a little more interesting to try to decipher what Chad's support level is, uh, particularly with, you know, Rosemary Ketchman, you know, Chad is running, uh, Kind of is the heir to Glenn Elliott. Right. Uh, you know that is you know that is his platform. I want to be you know, Glenn Elliott 2.0, and um, so how does that you know? So Glenn's support came pretty broad based with with uh, you know what you think of as younger progressive voters, older progressive voters, voters which you know we do have a lot of in Wheeling. You know uh, what I would call you know the, the you know some of the more artistic crowd. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, that that are not you know conservative necessarily um, you know but so and that's also Rosemary Ketchum's demographic in in some sense so you know will those two pull from each other will Chad pull from Denny or Denny from Chad it's really going to be interesting to see how this plays out it really will um, you know uh, I find this to be you know if nobody else gets in again you know we have uh, you know, a group of, uh, of uh, young men who like to get in at every council race and right. kind of throw a wrench in the works a little bit. And we'll see if they do that again this year. That could be detrimental to, you know, uh, any of the three potentially. But if nobody else gets in, I think this could be one of the more compelling uh, and uh, competitive um, mayoral races in quite some time. I mean, the last few have been, you know, Andy McKenzie had a competitive one with uh, Jerome uh, Poynton. Uh, you know, for his second term, of course, uh, the current mayor had a, a fairly competitive race with Chris Hamm in his last go-round for re-election. So it's, uh, this is one, again, three people who have three different, uh, you know, essentially three different constituencies that they may most directly appeal to. Um, you know, and then you have to also come out, too, so you have that, in, you know, of those three constituency groups, which one is more likely to get out and vote? You that, know, see that that I mean, is you know, that that is that's the real defining factor. Yeah. I, I think you've you've hit absolutely correct about the three general constituency groups that these three individuals will have. The question then becomes, 
which of those constituency groups is most likely to be actively engaged and really heading to the polls in large numbers. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I, I don't mean right now like, see, I'm telling you now it'll be this way forever. At this point in time, I think Rosemary Ketchum has the advantage with that. Is that just because of the level of excitement, do you think? Yes. I, mean, I, I tend to look at it the other way in, in thinking that, uh, you know, that that constituency tends to be very excited, yet tends to be less likely to vote. See, I, um, I look at it the other way around. I think they're a very okay. active group. Uh, again, I've, I have a hard time, as you do, figuring out what words to use. I tend to think mm -hmm. of them as younger, as more progressive. I keep saying more artistic. Mm -hmm. You see them around at the art galleries and the, the newer, the newer uh, bars and stuff, not the, the trendier places. Sure, sure. Uh, sure. And, and, and I think they will rally around Rosemary. Um, and then she has, uh, she has a strong contingency of the social service groups, and that's going to be a huge issue in this election having to do with the homeless primarily, but social service issues, she's got a pretty good constituency there. I'm not saying she's got the biggest. I have a feeling they are going to be the most active and likely to go to the polls. I like the phrase, I don't know who, I forget, I should know, and I apologize. I forget who wrote your story about the Denny Magruder uh, announcement this week. And it was Jocelyn. Yeah, Eric Harris. Eric, Eric, right. no, Eric Harris. I, I like the way he phrased it when he talked about there were a variety of movers and shakers, both past and present, with old school represent, representation of heavy hitters. And, and that's exactly right. Names that are by no means old, but they're kind of from a different era. Bob Denlevy, Jack Fahey, uh, folks like that um, who, who are going to be, I think, Denny Magruder's bread and butter type. Um, mm -hmm. And then Chad, as you said, Chad is literally his campaign theme is continue the comeback. He intends to ride the uh, Glenn Elliott uh, coattails. Coattails, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> there you <go. laughs> I was say horse, and that was a bad thing to say for so. But yeah, so. Um, but of those three groups, I have a feeling that Rosemary's right now will be the most um, active, and therefore the most willing to go to the polls. I, I could easily be wrong about that, and I've been told I am that wrong by several people. So, but I think that's the case. But I will concur with you. I think this is going to be a really interesting race. If it stays with just these three, it's going to be very interesting. If others get into the race, it's going to muddy the waters a bit, and then I got to really think this whole thing through. Who's you know, who's, who's coming out on yeah. top? Well, and I think I think with Rosemary, you know, Rosemary will bring a level of of national attention to the race as well, just as she did when she got elected to to council. Uh, so there's that factor, um, you know, and, and I've spoken to folks both who support, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Magruder and also Mr. Thalman, you know, and, and they tend to discount uh, uh, Councilwoman Ketchum's chances to win. And I think that, you know, I've told told it's been three different people that that would be a terrible mistake. Um, you know, no matter what, the, the, this is a legitimate candidacy, you know, uh, again, from some things I've seen and people I've talked to. The energy at her announcement at Center Market was was uh, extremely high. So, um, you know, you can't I don't think you can discount any of the three who are in right now. Any of the three could win and be the next mayor of Wheeling. Uh, think, so it's it, it's compelling. I think there is a tendency, just as you said, of folks of a, who are not part of what I'll call Ketchum's constituency to discount that. 
you know, when yep. Bob and I talk about it, because Bob and I are of a different generation, not from each other, but from the Ketchum constituent. I think you and I are as well. Uh-huh. You sure, have to sure. really, you have to be able to have seen some of this at, in action, which I have because of some of the some of my kids and so on being, if not involved in, at least you know around mm-hmm. it. Uh, that is a that's a powerful constituency, and I think you're right. I think that um, I think quite frankly, Denny's uh, group and uh, and and Chad's discount that i think she's bringing a lot of power to this so gonna be gonna be yep. really interesting john i don't know what your deal is can you stay or do you have to go what's sure, the st- yeah no 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 I, I one last thing i did want to say on on with with uh denny's announcement that i found interesting and, and, and i know they're good personal friends no doubt about that but i also found it interesting with bob dunlevy you know where does bob dunlevy live where's bob dunlevy very, you know, very, uh, you know, he lived his whole life in Warwood, yeah. which is where Chad Thalman Chad, from, yeah. know, from. So, you know, that was, you know, I kind of took that as well as, I don't want to say a direct shot, but, you know, you here you have uh, possibly the most prominent citizen of Warwood or one of the most prominent Warwood citizens, uh, you know, out in front introducing, you know, slash endorsing Denny Magruder's candidacy as he uh, uh, launched his campaign. So that was, you know, one of those little inside baseball type things. But, uh, you know, that was done. I mean, it was done for different reasons, but I'm sure the Warwood connection with the vice mayor being from Warwood played a part in, in uh you know, Mr. Dunleavy taking an active role in, in announcing uh, Denny Magruder's candidacy. I had not uh, thought about that. That's that's an interesting point. Again, analyzing this is going to require some good thought process, yeah. which means uh, it's just about you and me. That's it. You and me. After that, I don't know who has the thought, <laughs> who has the ability to do it. All right, John. Uh, Bob, do I need to do a break or a new? Where am I, pal? Let's uh, get Taylor in here, and then we'll figure things out. All right. Let's go to the uh, newsroom, uh, WTF TV7's newsroom. Taylor Long is here. John McCabe is on the line. We'll try and keep him for a little while. He's out traveling, but hopefully we can get a little bit more conversation with him coming up. Save big money at Menards and make sure your home or small business never misses a call with an AT&T cordless telephone. It features three handsets with caller ID, a digital answering system, and more of the professional features you need. Save big money and pick up the AT&T cordless telephone for $59.99 at Menards. Remember, a Menards gift card makes a great gift. Price is good through December 3rd. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this December the 1st. West Virginia is now getting more help for its troubled corrections system. This comes with the hiring of many more corrections officers. Earlier this year, the Justice Administration and state lawmakers put the job vacancy rate at more than 1,000 in the state's jails and prisons. But after a recent recruitment drive, there will be nearly 300 new corrections officers on the job by the end of December. Corrections leaders have been finding new guards at job fairs with the help of Workforce West Virginia. The state must still hire hundreds more corrections officers. It is still facing a class action lawsuit in the federal courts saying that inmates' rights have been violated by overcrowding, understaffing, and unsafe conditions. Following the passing of Issue 1, there are now nine abortion clinics open in the Buckeye State. This protects the right to an abortion before fetal viability, contraceptives, and other reproductive rights. A legal expert says while all of this is true, it doesn't mean Ohio is going back to a world pre-overturning Roe v. Wade. For example, he says Ohio's heartbeat law or six-week abortion ban is still in front of the Ohio Supreme Court. He says while that is technically not enforceable in one week, it will be up to Ohio justices, which mostly swing right to hear that case. 
there is one thing that both sides agree on, that it is a fight that may not be over. And some continuing coverage, an Ohio County man was injured after going over a steep hill on his ATV and landing in the woods. Emergency crews headed to Tridelphia off Chapel Hill Road where the accident occurred yesterday. Authorities say it appears the man went backward down the hill, thrown off his ATV before striking a tree. Ohio County EMS took the driver to a local hospital. That was a look at your headlines. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend, everyone. I'm Don't Taylor just Long. Listen, for be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304 214 The Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. You know, Bob, over the years, I knew a number of Rudolphs. Well, I knew a number of guys with red noses, if you understand what I'm saying. Lots of uh, Christmas cheer. Exactly, exactly correct. Nine thirty-four, twenty-six till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Newspaper editor John McCabe is with us on the phone line this morning to talk about some of the Ohio Valley news in review. Uh, John, it is another one of those stories that, in a sense, there's not a lot to talk about because it just is what it is. But it is something that's had a lot of people talking this week, and that is particularly the closing of Market Street. Now this week, this mess of downtown construction. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it kind of stepped up to another level starting Monday morning. And, um, you know, I, I think I, I've heard you a couple times talking about it. And as I've thought through it, you know, the communication, I think back to the tunnel project. And I'm not going to say this rises to the level of the tunnel project because that was shutting down, you know, part of a, of a major national interstate. Um but, you know, the communication at the tunnel project was so effective. You know, they were on top of the state was every day communicating with Fred Connors and our team and TV stations, et cetera. This one, it's crickets. You, you, you know, you try to get uh, information. It takes days. You know, the information you do get comes via email with, you know, a, a two-line email that says Market Street will close on Monday. Yeah. And that comes on Friday afternoon. And, uh, you know, for three months or 13 weeks in, and it's been very disappointing because I know early on um, in talking with city officials, you know, the city has tried very hard to get the state to be much more upfront on this project. And the state has just been resistant in, you know, in providing, you know, that free flow of information. And it's very challenging. Yeah, and, and I, like you, I've talked to the city about it, and they've even shown me some communications they've had with the, the Department of Highways, where basically the Department of Highways doesn't basically does not say go pound sand, but basically says, hey, we're doing things our way. Um, right. And, and it's, it's not just communication with the media where we can at least put information out. I have been perpetually frustrated by the lack of adequate signage 
sure. downtown so people would know where to go. Let's talk about today as a good example. Shouldn't, and maybe there are, and I haven't been out there, maybe I'm wrong. Shouldn't there be big signs someplace say Super 6 traffic this way to Wheeling Island? Because right now, if you're in downtown, it isn't easy to know how to get to the island because it's, sure. it's hard to get to the tunnels. If you're coming from, you know, from Marion County, two games, you know, two teams tonight, both from Marion County, North Marion and uh, Fairmont Senior, you know, and you're out in Rochelle, which is, you know, where North Marion's at, and you haven't been to Wheeling in a decade for whatever reason, and you think, well, we can just, you know, turn off a of downtown and go across the suspension bridge like we used to. Right. Well, you know, I mean, that that's not an option. And so it's, again, there's so many little things, uh, you know, I'm not going to take credit because you've talked about this this week, but, you know, signage when you get into town, just saying, hey, pardon our dust or, right. you know, we're building a better wheeling and let's, you know, and, and have that be part of the entrance, not just coming downtown and saying, you know, people who have not been here before and saying, geez, what in the world is going on here? Um, so, no, it, you know, I, I'm sure the games will go off fine tonight that people will eventually get there. But it just doesn't seem like there's been a lot of thought. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, let, let's hope it doesn't become any type of an inconvenience because, you know, quite frankly, the Super 6 contract is up this year. Yes, the, the renewal is next yep. year. So not that I think it's going to play a big factor because Wheeling has had the games now for 29 years, I believe, 28, 29 years. Um, but, you know, these are the type of things that if enough people – get irritated could cause Wheeling to not be selected for the next four-year contract. And there are some folks who have made that whine for years, and I noticed this year in particular on Facebook you see a little bit more of that, why don't they move it out of this town? And I usually think that's, you know, once people understand why Super 6 is here and how successful it is and how much work goes mm -hmm. into it. But this construction will raise that issue to a different level. I mean, sure. it gives a, one more, you know, one more tool than the tool belt of those who want to move it someplace else. So I yeah. think that's uh, that's a big deal. I still suggest, and I mean this literally, the city or the state, whoever, they should go and hire the Vineyard Church. I, I, I say this a lot. I don't know if you've been downtown Wheeling on a Sunday morning or not. Oh, they do a great job at the Capitol. Yeah, when they have their the, the Vineyard Church has their service at the Capitol. And you know exactly what to do. They've got great big blue signs that say the vineyard, youth parking over here, uh, 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 handicapped parking right here, uh, go down to 12th Street and turn around. I mean, it, 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 the whole area is signed so well, you cannot, you, there's no way you cannot know where to go if you're going to go to the vineyard's service. And if you're if you're handicapped, where to go? If you're a youth person, where to go? Uh, they have valet service, where to go? Everything is signed. For, I'm not kidding. Contract those people, pay them money, and let them do the signage for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's uh, yeah. that's a pretty big deal. All right, a couple other things I want to get into before I take my final break and then get out of here. Um, sure. Uh, two, two, a tale of two college presidents uh, of conversation this week. Bill Johnson uh, appointed the president of uh, West Liberty, not West Liberty, of Youngstown State University, <laughs> which I guess you think is a good idea. I do not. Um, <laughs> and uh, Rob Capehart, a uh, friend of both of ours, um, former West Liberty University president, Wheeling, Ohio Valley native, um, retires down at Bluefield State in the wake of some pretty significant 
concerns raised by the Higher Learning Commission. So it's the tale of two college presidents. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start with Bill Johnson. You know, I, I'm uh, kind of ambivalent either way. Um, I think my point with it is this kind of falls right in line with what Youngstown State has done in, in recent years. You know, they had uh, Jim Tressel uh, uh-huh. as their prior president, and I know that uh, – you know, the false equivocation is, is being made that, well, Jim Tressel was qualified because he was a football coach. I think that's a terrible d- distinction to make that, you know, just because you coach college football doesn't mean that you're qualified to be a college president um, by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I mean, uh, I, I was shocked. Uh, you know, I was shocked when this came out. I, I was surprised. Um, you know, uh, but what is the job of college president today? It's not to set the curriculum. It's not to, uh, you know, do the day-to-day. It's to raise money. That's what college presidents do. Well, Bill Johnson, and to my knowledge, doesn't have any kind of background in that. He's not going to be, he's not, you're not hiring the college president to be the top teacher. I agree with you on that. No. no. But, but he's going to not go, he's got no background in academia at all. You ought to have some understanding of how academia works. It's a different uh, world than than Capitol Hill or than corporate uh, world, for that matter. Yeah, and, and we'll see how he navigates it. I mean, it's not going to be easy. I definitely agree that, you know, there's there's a lot of uproar, and I think as there should be. The process that this was done through, as, I, as I've understood it, seems rather, you know, below the board. Um, you know, he didn't even apply. You know, they reached out to him. See, the process, so, the process is the biggest concern. I, I have concerns yeah. about his politics, and may, is this going to be too political position? I have concerns about a number of things. But honestly, the process, you know, you and I have both covered a lot of college presidents' searches, mm-hmm. not just here but elsewhere. Sure. And usually, if not all of the applicants, it gets down to a handful of applicants. The names are made available. The public has a sense to know. Usually the final three or four are brought in and meet with the faculty and meet with other mm-hmm. people. And this happened totally without um, without any any you know involvement of uh, anybody. It was just done totally privately. The board did it all, all on their own. In fact, when, yeah. if, according to this, the article that was in your paper, so I assume it to be true, uh-huh. uh, when um, someone from, I guess, the teachers' union or the faculty senate asked if they could have a little bit more time to talk about this before the vote was taken, the Board of Governors said, no, we're going to go into executive section and go ahead and vote. Yep. Yeah, no, and, and there were never a list of, of I believe, even candidates made available right. um, or finalists. So that um, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't espouse a lot of, of faith in the process. Um, and when, you know, when media does what it does and started asking questions, Oh, we don't have the list anymore. You know, we we, we don't know who, who applied. So it's been it's been very much uh, a, a bad process from the the board of governors uh, at Youngstown State and their board of trustees. But um, you know, that's something that. So you know, again, that's where uh, you know Bill Johnson, as he comes in, is going to have you know strong opposition in a lot of quarters. And as we know, that, that's a tough thing for a college president to have to deal with, particularly on day one. Um, so, which leads us into our, our friend Robin Capehart and how he dealt with faculty down at Bluefield. Yeah, he, he uh, I think, uh, had faculty concerns at West Liberty, and that was part of what led to his issues up there, part. 
Um, and mm -hmm. I think when he went to Bluefield State, he decided I'm going to deal with this in a different way. And he became much more aggressive in the way he dealt with the faculty down there. As I understand it from what I have known and heard and heard from people involved, as well as from what Stephen Adams has been uh, reporting on sure. this, um, he decided to take a stronger stance, which led to some problems, um, and which has now led to the Higher Learning Commission, you know, holding a hearing on basically on the whole university. Yeah, and, and that's what all this is is founded on is the the Higher Learning Commission report from uh, from an annual you know audit to, uh, and visit to Bluefield State where you know they found out that uh, again their their words that the administration that would be you know the president the provost the you know they even pointed out the general counsel who was former state Supreme Court Justice Brent Benjamin you know actively worked to cut faculty faculty senate in this in this case out of any you know being you know any part of the yeah. decision making process at the university and that's you know that that uh you know university president is not a dictator you know he is not uh you know so it's going to be interesting um to see how that plays out you know bluefield state is uh you know it, 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 again the interesting aspects of this it's a historically black college um, you know, one of two in West Virginia. And so this is, you know, there's a lot of things kind of teetering here. Um, they do have an interim in there now, but it's, uh, you know, these are going to be a tenuous couple months for, for Bluefield State. Yeah, and, and uh, they, they have a meeting, a, a hearing in March, and they're preparing for that. They've hired a consultant to help them mm -hmm. uh, figure out how to remedy some of the problems they believe that, that has been pointed out to them. They've got a new interim president who has at least connections to the university, which uh, I guess is is, a, is is important there. Uh, they've got a they got a big turnaround to get through as well. Hey, uh, John, uh, before I let you go, I got to pass this along to you, Bob. I don't know if you heard okay. you gotten this uh, on the phone lines yet or not. <sighs> oh, it sounds bad. An interstate sign has fallen onto I four seventy in Ohio just as you cross over the bridge into Ohio. And I-470, as you cross into Ohio, is I-470 bridge traffic completely stopped. Wow. Oh, my. So with all the other problems we have, and I'm, there's a picture. This is Channel 7. There is a picture. It's uh, the big directional sign that says, you know, bridge, yeah. bri Bridgeport turn here. Um, and D.K. Wright just sent me another copy of it. Um, it's collapsed right on the road. The road is closed. Uh, traffic currently stopped on I-470 bridge. Exit ramp zero currently closed, leading to uh, State Route 7. So, <laughs> when it rains, it pours, I Howard. Just, I don't want to laugh. There's nothing funny about it, but Lord Almighty, yeah, how many more problems can we have? So, Bob, is that the way we sent uh, Haley Bunn and her, her husband? Uh, did we, we did. Uh, so, sorry. Hopefully, they, hopefully got, they got through it real quick. Hopefully they got there before, so... Uh, let me just real quick, John, while you're here, check this second picture. Um, oh my, yeah, that's it's a huge sign. It just it's literally, bam, right across the road. I'm surprised it hasn't. There are cars right behind it. I'm surprised it didn't fall right down on some cars. So, anyways, if you're traveling 470 into Ohio across the bridge is closed. What a mess! Yeah, so just oh, the, wow, the whole support collapsed. Yeah, 
It's one of the overhead signs. Yes, one of the wow. overhead signs. Correct, yeah. Well, one wow. of the good things, John, uh, just about all of Marion County will be coming uh, to Wheeling Island tonight, but they're coming the other direction. So they'll, they'll just have to put way, up with yeah. the uh, with the Coleman fiasco. That's all they'll have to deal <laughs> oh, with. Oh, my Lord. Just in looking at that capture, that's just a capture from a traffic cam. Yeah. It's The metal failed is what it – like the metal in the middle of that support failed. Huh. Yeah. Where's Bob Nay? We need to go stand up for steel down at the down in DC because <laughs> steel they used in this is garbage. That's right. Holy smokes! But yeah, uh, it looks like me. Well, it's hard for me to tell from this picture. I guess you're probably looking at it too. It's hard to tell. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it fell on any cars. It may have fallen it on that truck. Like it. it may have fallen on a truck here. Anyway, the traffic issue is wow. if you're going into Ohio 470 Bridge, uh, you're not. It's completely no, stopped. Definitely. And so how now, if you need to get to Route 7, you got to get onto the island and go over that way because you can't get onto Route 7 from 47. Or you could go up the hill and come back down the other way. Like, you remember, you had to do that before. You go up to 214, turn around, come back down 470. Yeah, it looks like this is both lanes going up, though, are closed. No, it looks like they're, they're I mean, at some point, I'm assuming they're going to have to shut traffic down to cut that thing off and just drag it away. Get it away. Um, yeah, but wow, that's what a mess that just <laughs> I happened. About I don't, I don't want to laugh, but you're right. When it rains, it pours. Oh my lord! All right, John, I appreciate you taking time oh, out with us this morning. So what they're saying is a dump truck hit the sign. Oh, the sign fell after a dump truck crash that struck an overhead sign. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, jeez. Um, but you know, and maybe a truck came through and hit it. I don't know. That that. <laughs> Seems that that was higher than the bridge, so unless they hit the bridge too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Looks like an overhead picture here. Yeah, the sign is just kind of dangling. Jeez. Yeah. All right, John. I gotta go. Right. I'll talk to you uh, Thanks, sometime Howard. soon. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it, and we will talk again. Newspaper to John McCabe here on the watch. Bob, <laughs> you can, I don't know. Do I laugh or cry about this? I mean, well, I mean, it's just it's just we just shake our head. You know, I mean. It has no connection or bearing on the, the, the problems in downtown. Makes it hard to get to Wheeling or maybe even get out of Wheeling. But it, but, it, but it just complicates the whole situation. So, again, just repeating, an interstate sign has crashed onto I-470 in Ohio. The sign crashed on 470 West just as you enter Ohio coming from West Virginia on the 470 bridge. The sign fell after a dump truck crash that struck an overhead sign. ODOT is expected to shut the interstate down once they're on the scene. Well, I don't. it is shut down because there's a giant sign in the middle of the road. So uh, unless somebody's trying to navigate around that sign, it's already shut down. Traffic currently stopped on the I-470 bridge, backed up to Elm Grove. Backed up to Elm Grove. Already. Yeah. Already, yeah. Nice. TV7 is on the scene. Looks like DK is on the scene because DK sent me some pictures here. Thanks, DK. Uh, when DK is on the scene, at least we know one we thing. We know what the hell's going on. We're going to find we? out what's happening. All right, nine till the hour. Bob Westfall. He may be too busy now dealing with this. I don't know. Maybe Bob Westfall coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Save big money at Menards and make sure your home or small business never misses a call with an AT&T cordless telephone. It features three handsets with caller ID, a digital answering system, and more of the professional features you need. Save big money and pick up the AT&T cordless telephone for $59.99 at Menards. Remember... A Menards gift card makes a great gift. Price is good through December 3rd.
When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom. With a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304-232-5300. Hello, Ohio Valley. This is Kate Delaney inviting you to join me overnight here on The Watchdog. Whether it's talking to big names in entertainment or sports, discussing the latest political news, or just chatting about life, I'll be here to keep you company on the Watchdog, WVLY AM 1370, FM 97.7, or online at watchdognetwork.com. We're jingling your bells all holiday long. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, FM 98.1 and 97.7, brought to you by WVU Medicine. The first day of Christmas my true love brought to me a partridge in a pear tree. Six to the hour here on the, the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, we're looking at, let me do a real quick check of temperature and then get to Bob Westfall here. Um, see if it's dropped any more. Uh, still 42, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, and roaming around there just pretty much everywhere. Bob Westfall is here from Big 7. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. So it looks like we got, I don't know if you've been following this story, it comes from the Big 7, so I suppose you have. It looks like uh, I-470 Bridge is shut down this morning. Well, it looks like they're passing one lane of traffic. I'm looking at the uh, iCam right now. They are driving one lane of traffic uh, under the sign, which I'm kind of surprised. They must have stabilized it enough. I'm wondering, um, your story said that ODOT was going to be on the scene. I wonder if nobody's there yet to actually take control, and so drivers are just doing what they want to do. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see. I see state patrol. I see ODOT. I see several vehicles. So I think they've uh, stabilized the sign enough that they can allow traffic to pass under the, uh, would be the left lane. Uh, DK actually you mentioned her. She is there. I can see her car as well. <laughs> but anyway, it is. It is backed up through Bethlehem over the hill there, so if you're going to be taking that way, it's going to take a few more minutes. So I probably, uh, I would probably think twice about going that way if you're heading west. Yeah, and you know, it, it is not connected to the downtown problems, but it's just like when it rains, it pours, as we've said, somewhat ironically, because it's raining. But I mean, yeah, we have downtown such a mess, and now it's getting out of town is a mess. Going up there on 470, just seems like. Uh, <clears> or <throat> snake bit a bit, I guess. Yeah, it is a Friday, so. Yep. Uh, yeah, so they've got it restricted. Uh, so ODOT is on the scene. But they will have to shut it down, I think, to take care of the sign. Yeah, I don't think, it, they. I mean, they can't just, yeah, the, the sign's going to have to be moved away, and that will be a bit of an effort, I suppose. So we'll take a little bit of time for that. So, Anyways, traffic note, be aware if you are, 
heading into Ohio, 470 bridge. Essentially, I guess traffic is moving a little bit, but uh, one of the overhead signs just fell fell down on the interstate. Bob, I did not see or hear any reports of anybody being injured or hurt by that. Have you? No, no, no injuries as of yet. But like I said, DK's on the scene. Uh, looks like she's talking to State Highway Patrol right now, so we'll know a little bit more here uh, in a few minutes. So all right. we've got uh, that going on today. All right. Now, so, uh, that, that's, the, well. that's the important thing I wanted to pass along because it's, uh, it's uh, urgent for people who are traveling. Um, you feeling any better today? I don't want to get too intrusive on your personal life, but you were... Oh, I feel, I feel better. I feel fine. Um, it's Friday, so... We got it. <laughs> that's that's the good thing. All right. Well, this Friday, what are you working on at the Big Seven? What does everybody work on at the Big Seven besides the uh, right. I-470 problem? All right. A couple things working on. It is Super Six weekend. We'll be live there. Unfortunately, we don't have any local teams in, involved in this year's championship games, but we will be there. We will be covering it for the rest of the state. Um, so we're excited about that. Scott, Scott will be live there at 5, 530 and 6. So we'll have that. Uh, tonight, uh, something out of Jefferson County, we've learned that longtime Jefferson County Commissioner uh, Dave Maple has decided he is not running for re-election. So we're going to find out what his future plans are and what he's thinking. He, you know what, he could just maybe it's time to retire. So uh, Colin Roos has that story today. Colin also has the uh, United Way of the Upper High Valley. They are moving uh, into Weirton. They are going to take over some of the operations Actually, all the operations of the United Way, uh, so the upper United Way of the Upper High Valley, extends further north into the Upper High Valley. Uh, so we'll have that today. Uh, uh, excuse me. Those are the bigger stories we're working on today. So right. dealing with the weather, a little bit of rain, and of course high school football, the last games of the season. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yep. All right, people can check it all out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 is the region-wide show. And, of course, always at WTRF.com, the award-winning website, or online uh, via your Storm Tracker 7 app or your news app on your smartphone or your tablet. Bob, hope you feel better. Have yourself a good weekend. Uh, relax. Take it easy. And uh, we will talk to you again on Monday. Talk to you on Monday, guys. See you, Bob. Thank you. All right. Again, uh, overhead sign right at the as you enter Ohio from West Virginia on the 470 bridge, the big overhead sign, that giant big green sign, <laughs> fell down right in the middle of the road this morning. Uh, Bob says people are trying to scurry around it and underneath it, but I, I think you're going to find a big backup no matter what, so be aware of that. Oh, man, what a mess. We started off with construction. The last thing we talk about is traffic tie-ups. Bob, any big plans for the weekend? No, I'm going to try to stay out of the rain if it continues to rain. I'm going to watch football and go Steelers. All right. Next week, we're going to start a, a series of uh, holiday trivia contests to give you a chance to win some good prizes. We'll do that next week uh, when we get together here. Bob and I will meet you Monday morning, 7 o'clock, the Watchdog Morning Show. Oh, and Bear and uh, Bob tomorrow, of course, too. 8 to 9, good old boys on sports. Don't forget that. Seven swans are swimming, six geese are laying. From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis. In about an hour from now, House lawmakers are set to vote on the saga of George Santos, the New York Republican congressman facing expulsion after federal...